innovative Often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it Make it way harder for them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk You painted skunks You played enough I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight Jeff here. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Cage Side Concussion Cast. We're going to call this one Cage Side Concussion Cast OT because we already did a great episode this week featuring James Quigg. We couldn't pass up the opportunity to interview one of my jiu-jitsu heroes, the legendary Michelle Nicolini. Michelle's won the world eight times, has won the absolute division at the world, has won ADCC. So when you're that many times a Mundial champion, an Abu Dhabi champion, uh, you know, you're one of the best of all time. And she's somebody that I've always wanted to train with. And I want to give big thanks to everybody down at Checkmat Charleston for hosting a seminar, for hosting Michelle, and for letting me come down and interview her. Um, so that was something that was really fun for me. And she was gracious enough to about a, do about a half-hour interview that I hope you guys get a lot out of. In the next half hour, you'll hear Michelle talk about her toughest matches, some of her favorite matches and favorite memories from jiu-jitsu, about her famous match with Tammy Musumichi, from 2014, where she won her eighth world title when Tammy was caught in an arm lock and refused to tap and ended up with a grisly dislocation. If you haven't seen that video, we'll post it to the Facebook. But you can hear Michelle talk about it over the next few minutes. And I learned a lot from her, and I think that you will as well. Before we get into the interview, I want to remind you guys, we're having our first ever live event, which I'm really excited about, and I know Trevor is as well. It's going to be May 1st in Durham, North Carolina at Durham Central Park from noon until three. We're calling this the Concussion Cast Carnival because not only we're gonna be taping the podcast live where you, you guys can get in on some of the fun as well as do some audience participation, which will be great, but there's also gonna be a bunch of jujitsu super fights that we'll be announcing. There are gonna be six or seven fantastic matches that you're not gonna to wanna to miss. There's gonna be free seminars, free women's self-defense as well as free jujitsu and Muay Thai seminars, a live DJ, food trucks, craft beer, and like any good carnival, a dunk tank, and carnival games where you can play Dunk the Shark with Trevor in his shark onesie or Dunk the Vegan with me in whatever vegans wear. Uh, it won't be leather. That's all I can promise. We're also going to be giving away a lot of great gear. Um, so we're going to be raffling stuff off. Um, this is going to be a really fun event. I'm super excited to be able to announce it. We just secured the date. So again, that's May 1st in Durham Central Park. If you can get there, please do. We'll be releasing more details as we have them. During this event, uh, we're going to be raising money to help Cage Side MMA and Toro BJJ expand, moving to a new location, need some startup capital, and so we're offering, we're asking a ten dollars suggested donation for you to come and have all this fun. I personally promise that you will get full value for your money. So come out, eat some great food. There'll be acai bowls. There's going to be Chinese dumplings, all kind of great food, great beer, good times, great matches, and you can talk to me and Trevor. Uh, so what's not to like? For more information, check out our Facebook page at Cageside Radio or on Twitter at Cageside WHUP. So please join us for that. But without further ado, uh, I know what you came for and what I'm most interested in, and that's hearing from one of my jiu-jitsu heroes, Michelle Nicolini. And so without further ado, let's get into that interview with Michelle. So why did you start training jiu-jitsu at first? 
Hello, everybody. Um, I started training first because uh, I always like to fight, you know, and my mom uh, put me in a capoeira. It's like a Brazilian martial arts. And then I was practicing. I really liked it at that time. I was young, like 14. And um, I was training. I was training capoeira for four years. And then my coach, he moved to another city. And I couldn't keep training. I didn't find a nice place to train. And then... Um, a friend of mine who was living uh, here in US, he by internet, now he said, "Ah, you should try jujitsu. It's very fun." And he was like starting with jujitsu here too. He was blue belt at that time. So then I went to Brazil. I was in Brazil and I went to a class and then I started training. And since the first day, I never stopped. <laughs> really like it. it. Was so challenge. What do you like most about jujitsu? I think it is this challenge you know i know like a big guy could smash me or but with technique it's so nice how sometimes the strength doesn't work too much you know or doesn't make difference you know if you are intelligent if you can think about the techniques the way that you move yourself instead you move other people you know the the person that you are training so I like because every time they block one, then you have to think about the second option, the third option, you know, about the submissions, and it's hard to put all together sometimes, you know, especially if you're a beginner or, I don't know, until you have your planned game on your mind, you know. It's very, very, like, uh, I felt like when I started training, people used to, like, beat me up a lot. And then after, like, couple class you know we start to learn a little bit more and remember the technique a little bit more and then you want to go back there and beat everybody up but it doesn't happen so easy you know so I always like make you think about it's like a like a game né? Mm -hmm. you had to think to to improve so in terms of jiu-jitsu competition, you're one of the best ever. You're an IBJJF Hall of Famer. You've won the world eight times, Abu Dhabi champion. Why do you continue to compete with, it seems like you don't have anything left to prove. Mm -hmm. Is this just something you enjoy? Is Why do you continue to compete after all you've won? Yeah, of course I enjoy a lot fighting, you know. Uh, jiu-jitsu is like, I feel like uh, this is what I've done for the last 16 years, you know. Uh, so... Uh, if I cannot train, it's not a thing for me, you know. I stay home and uh, well, I'm missing something, you know. So I train every time and as I feel my body still can go, you know. I don't, like, I'm so lucky, thanks God, too, that I don't have any injury or anything that make me stop training. I feel good to keep going, you know, always motivate because I have to train with my girls. With my, I like to train with the, the people from my club, for my team. So I feel, why not compete again, you know? I still like, and people always send me so much message, you know? Like, ah, it's so good to see you competing, you know? So I always like motivate a lot. So I'm happy to, to be on the mats all the time. If not, I wouldn't go. <laughs> So you had a really memorable match in the finals of the 2014 Mundials against Tammy Musumici, mm -hmm. where it was a very close match. You were slightly down on points, and then you caught an arm lock mm -hmm. in the end, and Tammy refused to tap. Mm -hmm. Do you remember f like the feeling in that moment of like when when that happened, and what what's your memory of the end of that match? Yeah, I remember that it was the first time that I fought Tammy, and I remember she she came like strong from the brown belt. 
and we end up doing the final and um was losing you know but i was like ah i'm always like calm because i know i can uh, take my time and get my points but on that fight i was losing i think we have one minute left and then she did uh, for me it was like a mistake because when i i see the hooks on her back she hooked the arm instead she stepped back and she keep coming like on top of me and then just help me with the umber. Um I felt like in the moment that I had her arm, I felt when it dislocated, you know, the elbow. Uh, looked to the referee and said, ah, it's broken. <laughs> and unfortunately, he didn't stop, you know, I think they should had stopped and kept, like asked the doctor to check how was it. But, and then I said, ah, oh, doesn't work. I'm pulling already, it's already out, you know, so I had to do something when still lo- I'm still losing my points. So, like, it was so, f- like, a couple of seconds I had to realize that, like, to think or figure out something to to make my points work, you know. So then I, I went on top on the sweep and feel bad well, after when I won the, f- the, the move, and the, the fight again. And she tried to base with the arm, the arm, like, just, you know, fell down. Were you surprised at that time that she didn't tap? Because I was watching that match from the stands, and I was trying to figure out why she wasn't tapping. Were, were you surprised about that? I was very surprised, you know. But I think um, everybody remembers, of course, when Roger and Jacare they had that amazing fight in 2000, uh, I think it was six. It was like 10 seconds left. Then you could hold, you know. But f- one minute left was a long time, you know, to fight with on one arm so i think maybe she i don't know if she saw the time or not or she said after like in the uh, interviews that she didn't feel you know the adrenaline in her body was very like um so she didn't feel so yeah <laughs> i'm surprised i let go the the umber because i'm like for a couple seconds come on my mind i don't want to see blood here you know uh so I just let go and try to think uh, quickly or about some other things to do because <laughs> the umber didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and you did end up mounting and winning that match for, for your eighth world championship? Eighth, yeah. So I- in addition to that match against Tammy, you've had some, a bunch of memorable matches against Mackenzie Dern. Mm-hmm. You've fought a lot of legends of women's jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is your toughest opponent? And, what w- and do you have a favorite match among those matches? Um, I think one of the toughest girls we used to to fight a lot when I do open classes is Luana Zugir. You know, she's really good, very like uh, technical and also strong. Always, um, we had some good fights, but she she's really good. She won many many times. Um, Bia Mesquite also is like uh, we had some fights, like good fights. You. Uh, Mackenzie now she's like on fire you know and she's like uh, very very young it's good I like to to fight everyone you know I don't have like favorites I just feel bad because sometimes there's girls that have won against me and then they don't want to fight me again you know they don't give me that chance so I'm waiting for these girls You mentioned fighting Luana in the absolute. Like you're a smaller person, but you still fight the absolute division. Like how do you? How important do you think that is for people who practice jujitsu to do the absolute? 
Always, I think uh, we don't have enough girls in my t my team now, or enough girls that want to do the open class uh, in the black belt division. So I go, you know, I'm already there. If I feel like going, so I go. I won in 2007. The open class was our first year uh, that the female division has the open class. It was pretty fun. And after this, we have a lot of good fights in the open. Because um, it doesn't make too much difference, you know, the open or the weight class. Of course, we train a lot with big guys in our club. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have uh, small girls to train all the time, even small guys. So, yeah, we just go and have fun, you know. It's good if you know what you do against someone big and technical. Some people think that competition is very important for training jiu-jitsu, and some people train but never compete. Do you think it's important for people to compete, or do you think it's not important, that, that it's just important for them to train? I think f it's part of the game, you know. If you train for something, if you train, you want to test yourself, you know. I think it's good for your self-confidence. Is there good for your... Also your, like... Um, how can I say... Uh, I think it's just fun, you know, if you train, you go and you learn and then you have a time to practice this in a big competition, you test yourself, not only there, like not only with the technical or the strength that you have, but you test yourself how to control yourself, you know. Sometimes you go and you just panic, you know, you, you know what you do, but you throw out, you are shaking, you know, so as much you compete, you learn how this decide to, you know, just not only about jiu-jitsu, but what if you have to talk in front of a lot of people, you know, are you, do you keep your calm or whatever, you know, so jiu-jitsu like that, you, when you go, when I, I think like that, when I go there, I have to keep my calm, you know, I had to learn to breathe good, you know, to not get exhausted after like the first three minutes, so you learn a lot when you compete, you learn a lot, if you win, you are happy, but if you win, you have it to watch again because probably you did some mistakes. It's not, it's not everybody, uh, every time that you win and you are perfect, you know. And sometimes you win and you don't watch again your fights because you think you did all good. But if you watch, you're going to see, no, but maybe this and that could be better if I change, you know. So I, I think you just learn a lot if you compete with yourself, with people, with your team, you know, you find the support. It's good. And uh, sometimes it doesn't matter the final result, you know, just the, the preparation. I used to do this a lot for my students. I have some girls that used to compete. I don't mind if they win or lose. Of course, as a coach, as a friend, you know, I want my girls to win all the time. But if they lose, I like that they change some time of their life to focus on the competition for example you know they start to eat better to sleep well you know to train more think about the opponents how many fights so this is very important for for me for like as a coach you know i like to see how they prepare do you still get nervous before competitions and and if whether you, and, and if you don't when when did that stop happening for you <laughs> No, I don't get nervous at all. I'm very, like, I think I'm very confident, you know. 
but I have to be trained like if I do everything that I had to do before like workout conditioning training if I'm eating good if training like my three times a day so then I I go there and my mind the only thing that I keep is I train more than everybody here you know so I'm ready I'm here because I want to be here and um so I don't get nervous. I got nervous when I did MMA fights. Mm -hmm. Then everything is new. I feel like a white belt again, you know, so I get a shake, I get very nervous. But also I try always to bring it up, like let's breathe, let's keep calm, you know. And then, uh, yeah. But for Jiu-Jitsu, no, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, let's go. Huh, you were in the final, okay, nice, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's, uh, I was hoping like to show a good fight, you know. I don't get sad if I lose, or of course I like to win. I still am fighter to win, but if I lose, at least I want to show up good judges. You are listening to the K Side Concussion Cast. I am listening to the K Side Concussion Cast. Yeah, if, if, if there's a woman that says, hey, I want to train jiu-jitsu and I'm looking for a good coach, how do I know what a good coach is and how do I find a good gym? Yeah, I think you can uh, always, like, search the names on the internet. Today, they, you have a lot of fraud, you know. It's, like, sadly, but it's, like, have been happening for some time. People just wearing the black belts and they don't know nothing, you know, even like partners, like uh, for partner training, you know, you're gonna, I don't know, if you have to read about Jiu-Jitsu, you have to see the names, ask people that train, you know, maybe you send a message or take you a look in the, at the club, at the gym and another one. Uh, and also see if they treat you with respect, I don't like to see when they just worry about your money, you know. You can pay whatever, but if you are not happy there, for sure you're not going to stay. And they must call you and ask why you're not going to the class, you know, what made you stop training here. If they worry about you, it's because maybe they are good. They are not just taking your money. Mm, if they yellow on yell on you also it's not good. Some people they are crazy, you know. <laughs> and uh yeah, I would if um if I start today I would like try to find Jujitsu is much bigger now so you can Google the names. Uh his black belt under who you know, to see if it's real or not, you know, if there is other girls training beginners if they have beginner's class, it's good, interesting too, you know, because sometimes they're just going to put you there with the lions. And everybody wants, like, just do their best, you know. Maybe they didn't have a chance to train with a beginner before, so they're going to go too hard on a girl, for example. The girl is going to feel, like, frustrated, you know, so she's not going to like too much. Some like, you know, they, they take this like a challenge, you know. But some others, is just going to, no, it's not for me. But maybe because they took the wrong place or they took the wrong class, you know. If they start with people on the same level, 
uh, I think it's important. Why did you choose to take MMA fights? Why did you think that was important for you? Challenge myself, just this. Because, uh, like I said, for Jiu-Jitsu, I'm very comfortable now. Doesn't, for people watching, like you, your first question, you know, doesn't change if, uh, if you're still competing or not. You have, like, I had uh, one, everything that I wanted. For MMA, I felt like, as I had to learn everything again, my stand-up, uh, wrestling, we don't have good wrestling in Brazil, so I never had the good opportunity to, to learn, you know. So it's very challenging to learn something in my age as well, you know. I'm not young as other girls. And uh, I feel like just something that I went for, like, a little bit more adrenaline. <laughs> this might relate to MMA or it might not, but there's sort of a controversy in the jiu-jitsu community between the pure sport people and the self-defense people. Where do you come down on that? Do you think jiu-jitsu for sport is good for self-defense? Do you think it's also important to train the traditional mm -hmm. self-defense techniques? I think if you learn the basic jiu-jitsu, you know, you already learn self-defense. And uh, you'd love to see all the girls learning some basic jiu-jitsu, you know. Sometimes you focus too much in self-defense and, you know, don't doesn't really work like that on the street, for example, but I'm sure jiu-jitsu could help people. And also, like, is make you strong, you know, ma mind strong, you know. Like, I don't know, I just feel like jiu-jitsu is the best one. <laughs> so, uh, like a few years ago, there was a controversy about Meta Morris when I thought that they were pretty disrespectful to female fighters. Mm -hmm. At first, they weren't inviting women to have matches, and then when they did, they didn't offer them as much money. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that, like, how common is that experience in jiu-jitsu for you as, as a woman who does jiu-jitsu? Is that, is that something you expected? It was, something that, was it something that disappointed you? Yeah, I was very disappointed because they invited me to, to have that fight with Mackenzie. Uh, and then I thought it was like a great show, you know. We spent a lot of time filming. The guys uh, flew to Brazil, spent some days with me and in Arizona with Mackenzie. So I thought it was like a very professional show. And I was happy to be part of, you know, nothing bad to say about that show, the time that I fought. But after this, they just, you know, disappoint me so bad that I stopped to follow them on Instagram and don't want to hear about, you know. I know a bunch of guys, they didn't get paid, you know. So this is just like, ah, now they pay attention because they didn't pay a bunch of the guys, you know. But what about when the the guys were talking, the metamorphs were talking, ah, I'm not gonna take a girl, they don't bring up the show, you know, they don't put money on the show, what else, you know? Why, oh, I think they, they start disrespect us a lot when they, oh, not only metamorphs, but all the shows that don't put at least one MMA, uh, female fight, you know, I think it's very, we are here, we are like so brave fighting for a, a small space, you know, a small spot on the media, and then they do like a big show, they get attention of everybody, and they don't show any female fights. It's very like, I feel really sad for them, you know, and they're not gonna support this kind of organization. What was your experience like with Polaris? You had at least one fight with them, right? Mm -hmm. I, ha I had two. The last one I lost to Cesari, and a very fast fight. 
but they are really good. They, the show is growing. Last edition was um, in October, yeah, last year. And I really like this kind of show, you know, they, they invite not only famous people right now, but back in the day when, the, like, uh, in the last edition, we had Shaolin, we had the Robinson Mora, you know, so they try to mix a little bit the old generation with the youngest. So I like, I like Polaris a lot. They are very respectful with the athletes. Um, the show is like funny. The people are funny there, like very, I like to be part of that show. So when you're not training, what's your non-jujitsu life like? What kind of, like what, what kind of hobbies do you have? What, and uh, I, wanna, I wanna ask about what kind of music you like, because I'm curious mm-hmm. about what walkout music you picked for your fight yeah. as well. I like Brazilian songs when I'm in Brazil. Some like, uh, actually, Bro Junior is a used to be a a band from my city in Santos. Um, but all most of the Brazilian songs I like, and and Americans too, of course. We listen a lot American music in Brazil. Uh, Why well, I'm not training? As I don't live in the same city than my parents, than my family. If I'm not training and uh, like on the weekends, I like to go to their house, to their city. So I drive to there, spend the weekend with family. Like my best uh, non-training hours, you know, stay with family. Um, I travel a lot, so as much as I can, if I'm in Brazil, I go to their house. Or I like to go to the beach to hang out with my friends. That's basic things, but not like, not, I don't like to party, like go out too much, you know, just like regular things. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that like when you're training, you really commit to eating well. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering like when you're in serious training, like what's your favorite recovery meal? What kind of foods do you like to eat? And do you have a favorite cheat meal when you're like, oh, I just really like this and I want to eat it? Eggs. <laughs> Eggs every day in the morning. I like, um. Um, usually I had to cut about two kilos for the G's or a little bit more for MMA, one kilo and a half for the G's, two kilos. But I think I eat pretty healthy. I don't eat sweets. I don't eat, don't eat chocolate. I don't drink sodas. Um, I, uh, almost a year ago I stopped eating a lot of things because I'm challenging myself, you know. Um, but yeah, I try like uh, eat health like as much as I can. Salad a lot. What else? Breakfast is like eggs, yogurt, fruits, and coffee. I'm very addicted with coffee. <laughs> all kind of coffees every day, all day. And lunch usually is chicken. I don't eat. I don't like red meat or pork. Any kind of red meat I don't eat. So pork. Uh, so chicken or fish every day um, I used like a lot Japanese food sometimes Italian too you know I'm not so restricted if I if I feel like I want ice cream today I'm gonna get it because I feel like I eat very clean once in a while to have something like that it's not bad you know in Brazil you have a kind of peanut peanut uh, sweet we call pasoca 
and that's really good. I like it too. So it's my like I don't need chocolate, but I need pasolka. <laughs> yeah. What What were your early days training in Brazil like compared to training now? What's the biggest difference between training in Brazil and training here now? Now I'm here for like uh, for some traveling. I'm not training for a competition. So uh, actually here in Charleston, I was training twice a day and lift weight. But if if I'm teaching, it's different than if I'm training for a competition. In Brazil, I just focus on my training. I don't teach. I used to teach uh, like private class or stuff like that. But the last few months, I wasn't teaching, just training. So I think the intensity of the training changes a lot. You know, when you are teaching or when you are getting ready for a competition, you push a little bit more, of course, you gonna work on your issues or um, so I train in Brazil I start working out in the morning then I have almost two hours of jiu-jitsu then I have a break to rest and another hour of jiu-jitsu another hour of jiu-jitsu yeah we do a lot in Brazil much more than when I'm traveling so that's why before the competitions, the big tournaments, I have to have my base or in Brazil or now or in um, Long Beach with Lauzinho, Shaq Match. Mm-hmm. And so either one, I, I stay for like at least two months and then I can focus only in one competition. You've been really generous with your time and I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if you have a favorite jujitsu story that you want to leave us with, anything from the old days or just a, a fun thing that happened that you think is one of your favorite moments in jujitsu? I have a lot of good memories of jujitsu, of course. I have like some moments like I use always to say, to ask Leozinho, my, my coach, that when I fight in one competition with him, you know, we are in the same, same uh, fight same show and then uh, we fought in 2013 we fought in china for adcc and then he come on you see now you're in the final you you want me to uh you want to find the same event than i so now we we are here so happy you know was like something that i always wanted also i had a good memory of one of uh, when i got my this year i complete 10 years black belt yeah, in in 2006 I was fighting in Brazil the final of the world it was brown and black belt together and I was losing for a black belt she got me in a choke and I don't know how but I look out and I saw like and uh, back in the day was Braza team were very very big and they are all like singing and getting crazy because uh, the match was very close and then she put me in a choke and then I looked at them and it gave me some like something that I had to escape from that choke. So I escaped and then I got the girl, I think in the triangle and I won the, my first world champions. Uh, I was brown, but the brown and black belts together was very, very good memory too. And a lot of things when you like travel a lot for competitions, everything happens. It's like always like, good to be around people they are so fun before competition everybody looks like serious and after people relax a little bit more you know i think i never had problem with uh, anybody in jiu-jitsu like everybody girls that have fight you know it's good good life <laughs>
Once again, I had a fantastic time uh, learning from and interviewing Michelle Nicolini. So thanks to Michelle for that interview, and thanks to the folks at Checkmat Charleston for making that possible. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more of these Cage Side OT podcasts, so we're still going to do the regular show once a week for sure, but whenever we get the chance to interview somebody like Michelle Nicolini or somebody like your black belt instructor, so feel free to send us requests, we're going to post some of these directly to our SoundCloud and directly to iTunes as well. So please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher if you don't already. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Uh, for the main show next week, oh, we're going to interview Rob the Lord Humongous from the Big Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, a.k.a. Rob Austin. Lives in Germany, is a Muay Thai practitioner as well as a Jiu-Jitsu guy who has strong connections to Team Rock here in North Carolina. Rob has a great podcast that Trevor's been on a few times. I think you all will really enjoy that interview as well. So thanks a lot for joining us here on the Cage Side OT. Get at us on email at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com or on Twitter at cagesidewhup. Thanks to Michelle Nicolini for that interview and to you all for listening. And I will see you on May 1st and hopefully talk to you next week.